to episode 18 of the Can I Tell You Something podcast. Today we have probably the the most out there episode we've done yet. And I'm sure you can tell by the title that we will be talking not only about Hooters, the company, but their endeavor into the airline industry in the early 2000s. And I am so, so excited to learn more about this because I've just kind of always had this fascination with Hooters, which is odd, right? Like most women you'd assume aren't Hooters fans. Yeah. I I don't think I'm their target demographic, but God, I need to go to one before I die. We will get into exactly (laughs) why later because this is, you know, I think it illustrates a lot about you and you know i think that there is something so alluring about hooters yeah one of the first if not the first restaurant quote unquote in the united states but we're not talking about the restaurant we're talking about the airline right but same same brand same brand same hooters mm-hmm. just thousands of miles in the sky it's it, yeah <laughs> So <laughs> thousands of miles way yes. up there. Without further ado, let's get into Hooters Air. So you may be wondering what what sort of situation spawned Hooters Air? What was the background, the the backdrop, the context that what, led to what it? What sort of Pandora's box was opened <laughs> to make this even a possibility. And I'm just going to hit you with this tagline right here. I'm ready. The story of Hooters Air involves so many characters and players. Not actually that many, but just really strange ones. It involves 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, and the Denver International Airport. Already so many conspiracy theories are <laughs> going off in my brain. Yeah. So it, it's a... It's a weird way to go through the years of 2003 to 2006, but gee willikers, it's interesting. So here's the story of Hooters Air. In December of 2002, the then CEO of Hooters decided to purchase a flight charter service. So it was like an airline where people can book individual flights. Right. So the private charter business. Was it like, did Hooters acquire... Like X amount of planes. They bought the company Pace Airlines outright. And they were trying to buy another airline at the time. And this being December of 2002, the airline industry was going through it. People did not want to fly. Flight traffic was way down. And a lot of airlines that existed at that time went out of business or were really struggling to make ends meet. At the same time, Hooters was popping off and they thought, you know what, might as well capitalize on this this tumultuous post 9-11 world and buy an airline. As one does, As right? one does. If you have some money burning a hole in your pocket, it's only natural to want to acquire an airline. Yes. I say that at least once a week. And so Hooters Air really was based out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> Such a weird location. The, the Gulf capital of the U.S. in some people's mind. And the goal was to kind of turn Myrtle Beach into a business epicenter. However, little did the CEO of Hooters know at the time, but Hurricane Katrina would be brewing in the near future. And so an already difficult landscape of the airline industry would be made impossible when Hurricane Katrina goes through the Gulf Coast 
shuts down oil operations, fuel prices go way up, and they can't balance the checkbooks anymore. Hooters Air, unfortunately, went off the air no. in 2006, where they were kind of pushed out of the market by airlines you may know today as United and Southwest, which were two on-the-rise budget airlines at the time. And yeah, Hooters Air couldn't couldn't flap its wings hard enough to keep up with them. You know, when I hear that, it's it's nothing short of devastating, right? <laughs> this is, to me, this could have been the experience of a lifetime that I feel like I've been robbed from because I was only, you know, four years old at the time. Yeah. So I don't think Hooters Air was ever in my cards to to fly on because it's clearly not a family um, transportation no if you will it's i think they have quite the target demographic in um businessmen oh would be yes. my would be my guess yes which is great i just i do feel this sense of loss right <laughs> there the, i could have experienced whatever hooters air was and i still don't you know quite understand what they were i'm sure we'll get into that yeah but there's there's so many ideas flowing through my head of what it could have been. And I can't wait to learn more about that. Oh, yes. So without further ado, let's get into what was this airline? So are you asking me that? I, I'm going to I'm going to just ask you the question point blank. You buy a ticket to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina aboard Hooters Air. Right. You take off, you're in the sky. What is different about a Hooters Air experience from, let's say, United or Frontier or any of those other airlines today? Sure. So you know how there's certain airlines that will have like quite the costume or wardrobe for the flight attendants? Yeah, I think it's what is it like Qatar Airways? They have like a very specific garb for their flight attendants. Yes, flight attendants and captains have like the uniforms. Yes, but yes, but you know, some airlines like Southwest, United, Alaska, they have them, but they're kind of basic, right? They're they're nothing spectacular. Whereas there are some other like typically more luxury airlines that are kind of going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. in what their flight attendants look like. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Hooters Air was right there with them. We all know the classic Hooters tank top and little booty shorts look. I don't think they have to wear that anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the time when they were popping up, absolutely. that They all had to wear them. As well as the, the wait staff that worked at Hooters had to have a certain physique. Right. I think we all know what I'm a certain talking allure, about here. Yes. Yeah. So I would see that translating to the sky as well. So I'm going to guess that the flight attendants resembled mm, the wait staff on the ground. And that when they're coming through with their service, there might be a little little flirting, little, you know. A full experience, right, a, a bit of right. the the Trader Joe's allure, yeah, in the sky, exactly, yeah, and that's why I think it would specifically attract businessmen. Hmm. 
you know, we can play into some stereotypes there. Wives aren't there. Things get a little crazy in the sky. Who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> All aboard Hooters Air. Exactly. So I, I'll give you a, you know, a, a shocking look at what the reality of Hooters Air was. An exclusive look, An ex- if you will. An exclusive inside look. Because the other thing, too, is Hooters is a, a chain restaurant, right? right? And we all know how food on airplanes is food on airplanes. Could have been a great opportunity to really spice up the cuisine. Sure, especially at that time, because I think, you know, food on airlines has gotten a lot better. Yeah. It's still not great, but it was so, so much worse even a couple decades ago. Yeah. So there was definitely an opportunity to get maybe some beer and some wings you know the classic hooters vibe all all the way around yes so you know if if you were the ceo of hooters at this time for hooters air i think that that business could have taken off with your guidance right there oh there's no way it wouldn't have but unfortunately we have a couple factors that we gotta consider first i just want to be clear hooters wings were not served aboard hooters air what (laughs) yep um yeah it was like hooters branded like they they did one one of the things that they did do was have complimentary meals for hour or for flights over an hour but there wasn't the same hooters air hooters restaurant conversion in cuisine i see and it seems like they only did domestic flights right they're, yes. they're not leaving the country i think that they did the bahamas but oh, that doesn't really count yeah like, they're like not going to europe fl- or asia mm-hmm, yeah. so i mean even airlines other airlines here that just fly domestically, you're not getting meals, right? It's mm-hmm. too short of a time. Yeah. So I get it. I hear you. I see you. But it's disappointing. It's like where where the wings go. Like we couldn't figure out wings on and the flight. And I feel like there could have been so many great marketing. Like get your wings aboard our air wings or, you know, yeah. something. There, oh, yeah. A marketing team could have just been absolutely revolutionary it, with it, this. It would have been almost too easy, I think, to market it. So the the internet comments that I was finding with anything Hooters Air Media, it, people were just going nuts for it. They, I mean, so much con- like you could just scrape the comments and then you have marketing for the next 10 decades. Right. And I have some of those comments to share with you all because they are absolutely amazing. So Do this share. is a YouTube video called Hooters Very Real Airline. Posted by Half as Interesting about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Eric Nilsson says, in the event of a water landing, our stewardess also serve as buoyancy devices. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one posted by a user named Gabinki. Mm. I flew on Hooters Air from Baltimore to Myrtle Beach as an unaccompanied minor. It was an old <laughs> 737 and I won a keychain in a trivia contest they had. I doubt the other passengers were thrilled to have a long interruption over the PA. But the craziest thing was, my grandmother bought the ticket for me to come see her. I guess she wanted a cheap flight and thought, eh, he's a boy. He'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that that actually perfectly leads into what was it, what was it like staffing-wise aboard this airline? And it's the airline industry. So there are regulations with who can and cannot be a flight attendant. So the flight attendants aboard Hooters Air were FAA like certified flight attendants. They were 
just kind of regular, regular flight attendants. I'm really happy to hear that because I mm-hmm. don't think um, people would feel that safe with just the wait staff. <laughs> yeah. And but then that that's where we get into the weird bit, which is that they would have two local Hooters girls aboard every flight that were responsible for entertaining the cabin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they had, had a full staff, mm-hmm. pilot, co-pilot, and then however many flight attendants were necessary at that time. Yeah. Plus two Hooters girls. Local Hooters girls. Local to whatever yeah. city that the plane was leaving from. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And and, like, and so the trivia thing and like winning a keychain. Yeah, they would do like trivia. They would do like games and all that sort of stuff. Because they were trying to make it, you know, here's like a fun little flight environment. But I could just imagine getting the 6 a.m. Hooters air flight and just not being about the trivia, the games. and But, you know, it sounds like for this kid, it was kind of a blast. I do have another comment that I want to share because you talked about the meals and oh, how yes. they didn't have like the wings or the beer, the, the classic food you would associate with Hooters. Yeah. Another user from the same video called Lame Bear 1000 said pretzels because i think this this video said that they just serve pretzels gonna have to stop you right there they served a full sandwich for my economy flight from baltimore to myrtle beach both there and back best in-flight meal i've ever had in economy by a long shot also it was so sparsely populated that i had my own row own window plus two or three rows ahead and behind me my goodness best flight i ever had that you know, that's a raving review because it did sound like when they said they they served soft pretzels, so it was like they had better than average airline food, but it wasn't oh, okay. the the Hooters signature uh, cuisine. I have another one. There's just so many like amazing comments. Yeah. these are people that actually flew on this airline, which it's like I, you know, props to you. Yes, another user, Stephen Schwark. I kid you not, my college marching band chartered a flight via Pace back in 2004 to get us to the bowl game. And when we showed up at the airport, they loaded all of us college kids onto a Hooters airplane. <laughs> it was quite the experience. So, yeah, the, that perfectly describes the, the chartering side of it. Pace Airlines was a, a charter airline for some time. Um, the CEO of Hooters was trying to buy another one called Vanguard, but... It didn't quite work out. Right. And so Pace Airlines became Hooters Air because they were a cheap enough airline to buy. And it seems like they kind of started that soft launch branding Mm -hmm. through that, which is what, you know, this guy was saying. Yes. And then eventually acquired their own large, like, 737 planes. Or no, they acquired the fleet of Pace Airlines because Pace Airlines already had a, a fleet. But wouldn't those just be private jets? That's um, different than like 737s. Well, so I don't know about the inside because they, okay. they definitely redid the insides because they had like a like a Hooters signature style and they were bragging about the like 34 inch leg room, which would make right. it like business class style seating. Um, yeah. So like they were very generous with their accommodations in a lot of way and they did flat rate flights, too. Which Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Because that's insane. Just thinking about flight prices now and mm-hmm. how, you know, the consumer just has to be so smart on both the day and the time that yep. they're looking at flights. Yeah. 
So I'd love to learn more about flat pricing. Yeah, so they they charged a flat rate of $129 for a lot of their flights. And while that might sound like a, you know, a fair bit of change in some ways, um with 129 being a flat rate, if we convert it to today's dollars, um we're adding 50% due to inflation. So um, in today's money, 129 or 130 becomes like 180 each direction. That's still a really cheap flight now. Yeah, exactly. And it, is and that the, a round trip? Or that would be one direction. I don't know if they did oh. round trip deals or anything like that. But then also think about it like it is a like a business class density flight in terms of like your seats and all that sort right. of stuff. And so, I mean, it was like a it kind of played into more of the premier accommodations for a flight, um, which is interesting because they eventually will we'll kind of get more into it, but they did get outcompeted by Southwest and United. Mostly United, though, which is funny now thinking because United isn't necessarily considered a budget airline the same way right. that others are. But Southwest kind of is, but yeah. I, mean, I would categorize United as definitely a high-cost Mm -hmm. airline and it's it's strange to think that they undercut hooters there <laughs> to you, you, to assert dominance <laughs> over the the you know the, the continent the over the skies united airlines is the villain in this story <laughs> um yeah so you know all great points from that comment section there's a lot that they kind of touch on <laughs> I mean, I just like think it's great to actually hear from people who flew this airline because it was so short lived. Yeah, that, three years is nothing. Yeah, that I can't imagine like that many Americans were actually flying it, especially yeah. that one comment said like how sparsely populated mm -hmm. it is. You know, you talked about 9-11, post 9-11, it's just flying was down in general. Yeah. And Hurricane Katrina, which I think we should get into a little bit later, just yeah. changing fuel prices. And, you know, the country was just in a really, really bad time before this. So it makes sense financially that people wouldn't want to be flying that much. But if you add a cultural and social layer, I would assume most people would not be inclined to fly Hooters Air. Yes. And they probably wouldn't want their children anywhere near it or their husbands. You know, it's just, yeah. It, I personally, I would love to, but I can definitely see how it would be quite the controversial issue. And I'm sure it was mm -hmm. talked a lot about in the news. And, you know, it just sounds so juicy. Like, can you think about if Hooters Air was an airline today? Like, yeah. can you imagine how the internet would react? Oh, it, it would be wild. I think that, you know, I am biased based off of your, uh, like, illustrated reaction to learning about Hooters here. But I feel like people would just meme it and, like, have a lot oh, of fun absolutely. with it. Um, yeah, the, the other bit, too, is that as much as this was, like, a serious airline operation, this definitely was a move to give Hooters some publicity to give them something that's a bit more of a spectacle. Of course. It's like the, the Taco Bell hotel. Like they could be taking a loss there every single year. But the fact that this mysterious place exists 
makes it so that it is a part of almost like um like our cultural absurdity and so yeah now 20 years literally 20 years after this airline that lost 40 million dollars existed we're still talking about it like just think about that but i had i had no idea that this existed yeah you had to tell me about it how did you learn i forget exactly but i want to say that i saw a video about it um and yeah it seems like there's a few juicy youtube videos out there yeah and that's where i remember first learning about it and then i kind of forgot about it for a while and then i just had a weird sort of brain you know remembering moment and i was like (laughs) it happened when i said that i wanted to go to hooters yeah and and then i was like did you know that hooters had an airline (laughs) (laughs) okay so i think let's get into my obsession with hooters okay yes and why i want to go so let's unpack it (laughs) yeah i've never been to a hooters Mm -hmm. i I think that there's one in Denver. I'm sure that there... There's some in the Colorado are. area. Yeah. yeah. But where we lived and where we grew up, there absolutely was not a Hooters. And yeah. where we are now in Seattle, there's also not a Hooters. <laughs> it was permanently closed. Yes. So I never really had direct access to it. Also, growing up as a kid and like a woman, <laughs> um, let, let's just say it wasn't encouraged in my family to, 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 to go to Hooters. Right? Yeah. This wasn't like a thing that was talked about. But for some reason, I've just found it fascinating, right? Because on paper, it sounds like a wretched, horrible, awful company. It sounds like it's exploiting women's bodies, only allowing certain women to work there based on how they look. So that's excluding a whole other population that could be working there. And it's obviously attracting like a very, very odd and possibly dangerous clientele. Yes. The people who are attracted to going to Hooters, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable them watching my drink. Yeah. Right? Like it's, there's some sort of scary emotion that I feel thinking about the men that go to hooters for fun that are enthralled they're like oh we need to go to hooters yeah because i i'm worried of you know why why do you want to go to hooters (laughs) right but for me as a woman i've always thought well if i went i feel like i could make the wait staff feel safe and appreciated (laughs) and i you know i think that's a valid thing because women who work in the service industry, but also semi-sex industry. It's like Hooters is kind of, it's kind of an in-between. It's definitely wait staff and service work. Yeah. You don't have to perform any like sexual acts, but there's some sort of middle ground. It's kind of a gray area. It, that's where like, I, I think that there was that pressure to create a term for it being the restaurant. The restaurant. Yeah. Which is so funny. It just rolls off the tongue a bit too easy. (laughs) Right. It's just too good. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure it's natural that women there um, are thought less of by their family members or just the general community in the way that sex workers are. That has always made me so mad. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where my fascination comes from, because I have this desire to change the narrative like very actively and saying, no, 
women who work at Hooters now have the opportunity to exploit the men that yeah. are coming to pay for their service. It's kind of like a giant F you. It's like, if you're going to come here, then I'm going to get really, really good tips from you because you suck. You're a weird garbage human. Yeah. Pay me now. It It's kind of empowering to me. I don't know. It's, and of course, I've never worked at Hooters. I I certainly couldn't. I was not blessed that way. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I kind of would wonder how women who have worked at Hooters or still work at Hooters yeah. feel about that statement. I wonder if they feel that or if it is like a, God, like I don't want to work here anymore, but I have to for X reason. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's so person to person but i definitely get where you're coming from and i mean also thinking about how how much you gravitated towards the the story of madame lou as well yeah when, i mean that was throw back to our very first very episode. first yeah um and the it's kind of like using misogynistic tendencies to achieve an equitable outcome exactly and that's like that's really interesting um very nuanced and complicated of course but i i totally see where you're coming from there i have never been to a hooters i don't know anyone that's worked at a hooters um so i can't say for sure what that experience is like because i mean it, it like in that industry, it can be all over the board. It, and it kind of depends who the manager is. Yeah. And also, like, who your fellow co-workers are. I'm sure it varies hooters to hooters, right? Yeah. Just as any other restaurant does. But there is this underlying tone that you have to look a certain way or you can't work here. Yeah. That makes me really mad. Yeah. Like, to me, that's the biggest issue. I think if that were to change, and it, it sounds like it kind of has, but not really. Like, they... They can wear longer clothing that covers them up more, but I still think they're hiring the same archetype. Yeah. In the same way that like Hollister did, right? Yeah. Is like they only allowed certain models to be in their store in the same way Brandy Melville did, mm. which spoiler, we're going to get into an episode <laughs> on that maybe next year, but it's, yeah. it's coming down in the pipeline. It is in the pipeline. To me, that's, that's the biggest problem with Hooters. And I'd really, really like to see that change. Yeah, I I think that that's also where I see the the potential of empowerment with in normalizing sex work or decriminalizing sex work. Um, we in Seattle, like Aurora Ave, is a place where it is entirely decriminalized, which is why um, there are a lot of sex workers there. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of cities have that. But yeah. again, like Hooters is not sex work. Yeah. It's just, it's like kind of, it's that gray line that I don't even yeah. know what to characterize it. Because like, yes, restaurant is funny, but there has to be another way to describe this. I mean, it's, it kind of gives me a, a similar feeling to any sort of work where like your physical presentation or your appearance is used to modeling so yeah like Maybe. modeling i think like acting can also be yeah. um a part of that are are hooters waitresses part of sag <laughs> 
unionize Hooters. Right. I do have a question for you, just trying to understand the male perspective. Growing up, Mm -hmm. what did you think of Hooters? And did you know, like, any of your friends who, like, were into it or wanted to go? Or, like, how was it talked (laughs) about in, like, the teenage boy sphere? So I, so I've never been to Hooters as I've previously stated, um, but I've heard of Hooters. I've, sure. I'm familiar with the allure of it. It was characterized as like, this is a restaurant where like, where sad men go to eat like shitty wings and stare at girls. Kind of an incel ish yeah vibe or gamer type yeah yeah i get you like if you genuinely were going to hooters because you love the wings like that was kind of like really like just go to you sure wild wings like <laughs> you sure that's why you're going to hooters and yeah. so that was the the perception i had but i did know some of my friends that were captivated by the allure of hooters and they they went to one um like all together and it was interesting that like it was a a cross section of my friends that i at the time would probably characterize as more like immature teenagers that just wanted to i don't know live out some idea that yeah. they had and it's like yeah they go there and they probably just giggled a bunch and then right they left. weren't harming or yeah I, they might have been talking about the women poorly but they, they were just probably like I don't know, annoying teenagers to yeah. serve. And I'm sure Hooters waitstaff is so used to that. Yeah. That has to be a daily occurrence. I guarantee you they're laughing about those kinds of customers all the time. It's like, oh, those poor kids. They. I wonder if those <laughs> are, you know, you wouldn't make as good tips off of kids, right? Yeah. But I wonder if there was an element of like, oh, how cute. <laughs> like, yeah. you kind of feel safe around them. Like, oh. <laughs> they're they're like, trying. We know exactly why you're here. Yeah. Right? I, I like... I could also imagine kind of having fun with that dynamic yeah, in yeah. terms of just like. So what brings yeah, you in? Yeah, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting because just thinking about my perception of Hooters growing up, it was very, very different. Yeah. It was flipped on the women. It was these women are X, Y, and Z, fill in whatever mm. bad adjective you want for working here like they're the ones that are wrong and you should never go to a hooters and be around these type of women yeah and i think that must be why i had such a harsh like 180 flip on like wait why yeah why wouldn't i go like i'm a girl's girl i want (laughs) to go hang out with them and support them yeah in a way that doesn't feel so creepy yeah i I mean, it's it's all kind of just very interesting. And I think that that line of, you know, work that has a sexual undertone, I think is probably yeah. the best way to describe it. Because, you I mean, you're right, it's not sex work. Um, it, but it does have a, like, a overtly sexual undertone. Exactly. Um, and, I you know, I think that when it comes to that, undertone being sold a lot of the time i think it's quick to just you know say snap your fingers and say that's bad wrong 
and then just start blaming people because it's, you know, morally irrehensible. It's this questionable thing. Um, but I think that when something does question like traditional morals or the, you know, family values, quote unquote, to ask why you feel that way. Like, what is it about this that is making you so upset? Yeah, I think that can be a really good question for all of you out there is I'm sure everyone kind of has their own perception of Hooters. Yeah. And now Hooters air. Yes. Why do you feel that way? Or why did you feel a certain way? Because as we all grow up, we have a little bit more life experience each year that we mm -hmm. can take and then reflect upon later. Yeah. I think Hooters can be a really great example or even a lesson on how to reflect on your values. Yeah. And also learning how to not punish specifically women for just making a living. Because that's all it is, right? It's just a job. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not their identity. Mm -hmm. Unless they specifically want it to be, then go off. Yeah. But it's just a job. We all have jobs or have had jobs that we don't love, that we don't align with, but we had to do it at the time. Yeah. And it's so unfair to punish women for that when it just happens to be involving the way that they look. Yeah. And it's, I think that there's a, another element too, where if, if you do fit the profile of the typical Hooters girl, you shouldn't be villainized for running that that shit you know like right? for capitalizing on it like that's where exactly i like oh it's it just, just makes me so mad like, oh so they're they're aware enough to know what's going on and they're right? making the most of it okay like, yeah that's, let's say that's how i you're feel. you're born with a nice rack well endowed all, yeah, yeah all the power to you like yeah go use it <laughs> and then let's say you weren't and you you bought one. You bought one. <laughs> you bought, like, yeah. go use it. Yeah. it. You're not a bad person for wanting to do that. And the way you can prove that is, like, flip it on the other side. What if it were men who were dressed up in yeah. the way that Hooters is and they were targeting women? There would be a completely different narrative around it. Yeah. That's how you know that it is a gendered narrative. Yeah. Right. Because if we were to do that and saw, oh, no, it's still blah, blah, blah. Then it would mean that Hooters had another problem. Yes, But it's not. It, it has to do with people are upset when women capitalize on their own bodies. Yeah. It, it, and that's like a, a tale as old as time. Um, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So. And so, like, yes, we can also point at, oh, you know, like male CEO, like who are what's the demographic of most of the manager? Like there's a lot of dynamics that should be questioned within that business model. But the, the reality though, with working with a big chain like that is that each individual restaurant is kind of just doing whatever corporate dictates is like the policy for all the stores. Right. Or for all the restaurants. They're not franchisable. I don't think. Let me look this up. Yeah. That, that could actually change something. And so the it's a lot of just like, okay, this this store or this restaurant is just listening to whatever corporate's saying and then um Hooters can it. be franchised. 
Ooh, okay. Yeah. So when you talk about like doing whatever corporate is saying, yeah. Yes. But if they're franchised, then they're kind of own under their own management. Oh, okay. I don't know what percentage of Hooters are actually franchised. Yeah. But that could be an interesting dynamic, like how the the workplace culture or atmosphere changes from like mm-hmm. restaurant to restaurant. I think that's where I'm just we don't have enough information, right? It you yeah. have to ask people who actually worked there. So if anyone out there listening has worked at a Hooters or knows anyone who has, I'd be really interested to know what the actual work place was like. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm talking about how much I think it's great and cool, but that's just my opinion, not knowing the actual reality. And so I'm wondering, because mm-hmm. if the workplace was horrible and... um creepy and just really a sad dangerous place to work then my opinion would absolutely change yeah so i just wanted to put that out there like this is me i have some ignorance here i don't actually know totally the conditions but the idea of hooters is still interesting to me to really illustrate how hooters positioned itself as a as a restaurant chain their first commercial I think really captures the tone that they're going for. It is a bit silly. And this is posted from from Hooters official account, it seems. So I think it's legit. Any Hooters historians may debate this, but... Um. Hooters historians? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to it. All right. If you like what you see here on the outside, you're going to love what you'll see on the inside. The recipe for Hooters chicken wings is so secret, even our cooks aren't allowed to know it. Do you know why our beer is so cold here at Hooters? Because we keep it in the refrigerator. Hey kids, you want to do your dad a really big favor? Tell your mom you want to go to Hooters. Oh my gosh. For those who are just listening, please go look it up because the visuals are amazing. The transitions, the hair, mm-hmm. the the classic garb. It, yeah. I love it. That was great. We are now going to play a Hooters Air commercial to see if the tone is similar to, to the Hooters restaurant. So let's take a listen. Announcing top 10 reasons to fly Hooters Air. Myrtle Beach, two hours takeoff to tea time. Nassau, fun sun entertainment. Fort Myers, year-round Florida beaches. Fares from $99. Convenient morning departures and evening returns. No advance purchase. No Saturday night stay. Hooters girls on every flight. All leather seats with extra legroom. Easy to buy, fun to fly. Don't wait, fly today. Log on to HootersAir.com or call 1-888-FLY-HOOT. Hooters Air puts the fun back into flying. Fly hoot. <laughs> yeah, the the other thing too was there is like there were quotes from the CEO during the beginning of this whole idea of Hooters Air that was like, you know what the real problem is with airlines these days? There's not enough entertainment. There's not enough fun going uh, oh on. Oh my god. And, and you know what? I'm I'm going to give the CEO Benny of the D a little bit. That's my way of saying benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Not totally off, but the method in which this was executed kind of was because every airline now has a selection of movies that you can access via your phone 
or they have like the seat headrest entertainment. Like airline right. entertainment was a need that people had. It just wasn't a need in physical entertainment. It wasn't a need in the Hooters form. And it does sound like they didn't really do too much in the way of training for the Hooters girls that were joining these airlines. So they kind of had to improv and really do some crowd work, which they should definitely be unionized with SAG then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, or, you know, just the level of uh, having to meet an entire grumpy cabin's needs through trivia and fun. And also, it's probably mostly men, perhaps over the age of 40. Yeah. Right? So there's going to be a different tone. Yes. On top of that. In the commercial, they showed two men as their, you know, the people in the seats. Yeah. They looked a little grumpy, I will say. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's just great to see, to see their marketing. I mm -hmm. think, like we said in the beginning of the episode, there were so many missed opportunities to have like the greatest taglines ever. Yeah. I think they made a really boring one. They put the fun back into flying. Such a missed opportunity for the greatest tagline ever. Which would be? Come fly with us. It'll be a hoot. There. See, like, <laughs> it, it was that easy. And like, that's just like the... The first one that came to mind, right? So I I want this to also kind of be maybe a case study for why male CEOs don't always have the, the answers that they're looking for. Why maybe someone like you could have saved the, the Hooters air. Right. Ship. It, it's really just nothing short of devastating that I was only four or five because I can really see myself taking something like Hooters Air to new heights. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you can apply this to a lot of companies like Victoria's Secret, mm -hmm. really any modeling agency, Hooters. If it were to be run by women or even have like a board comprised of more women, yeah. could the outcome be different? Most likely. It It's so strange to me because I... Like for Hooters, what they're trying to appeal to is is men. So I think that for the men in the room, they're like, oh, we're the target consumer. And so it's easy to fall for the trap of making something for yourself, which a lot of companies do. A lot of companies that don't do well make things for their board or their CEO. Yeah. And I mean, that can go into a whole other political yeah. side of like why they have to answer to a board. But in general, it's a tendency. And so that's where it's like they I think that there was just a missed opportunity to recognize the that underlying dynamic of it's kind of more like creepy men that are going in paying hefty tips for for a spectacle. But it's, right. you know, whose pocket is that money going into? I think it's similar to the pink glove issue. Yeah. Like the the men who started that company because they thought that women were so grossed out by their own periods that they yeah. needed a glove and it had to be pink. And, it, you know, it tanked because not a single woman on planet Earth wants that. Yes. I think you can apply that to Hooters. Oh, totally. Because the way that Hooters, especially in the early 2000s, yeah. was appealing to men. Yeah. Doesn't work for like any other demographic. 
And so if you can find a way that applies to both men and women and different age groups, not yeah. saying children, I don't think minors should be part of this. Yeah. That opens up so many more revenue streams. Therefore, Hooters Airline or Hooters Air mm -hmm. could have lived on. So with that, let's clear the air. <laughs> I'll be here all night <laughs> on um, why Hooters Air failed. Okay. Now that we're at the end of the episode, <laughs> we, we have to wrap up, you know, this, this beautiful, amazing treasure that was Hooters Air collapsed in on itself. Why did that happen? You know... The fall from grace, if you will, the descent from the sun <laughs> um, that Hooters Air experience was nothing short of a byproduct of its time. I, you know, it's weird for me to go and learn about details surrounding not just Hurricane Katrina being the hurricane itself, but everything else that was implicated in it, because I was so young at the time. I mean, I was six when that happened. So. Don't really have a good memory, but the only context I have is the Kanye, uh, well, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yes, line. Yeah. Agreed. Like, and we've kind of talked about this throughout the episode. We were little. We were really we, little. We were, we were alive, but we weren't really conscious yet. Yeah. We were still kind of sticky mushes of goo. Yeah. And so with rubber bones and no brains. Yeah. Like, so like, yeah. if you were an adult during this time. Maybe you you would have better insight into this. But yes, it is obvious that Hurricane Katrina had a lasting effect. It still does in parts of the yes. country. And especially for an airline industry that was already in a really bad spot post 9-11. Yeah, yeah it, it's going to be a really, really hard company to sustain. So essentially why Hurricane Katrina ruined the business of Hooters Air was that when Katrina and uh, Rita hit, so there was like two hurricanes at the yeah. time, uh, it shut down a lot of Gulf Coast oil operations or damaged a lot of oil rigs. And uh, there was a lot of oil that got thrown off of barges and into the ocean. There's, there was a whole slew of information about the pollution that happened as a result of that hurricane. But... As a result, oil got really expensive, and that's one of your biggest costs as an airline. And not only that, but this is where we get to introduce United and Southwest, who were operating with, I would probably characterize them as like just more sound business models at the time. Because they were just airlines. Yes. Like Hooters, Hooters is a restaurant first that happened to also have an airline. Yeah. So they're not going to be putting all of their resources and time and management into the airline when they have a whole other side of their business to control united and southwest that is their business yeah. so they can solely focus on it yeah there's there is no southwest re restaurant or united restaurant maybe one day if, one you, day. if you've been oh. craving those pretzels and those <laughs> little waffles that they give mm -hmm. oh, yeah love those and small sized cans of soda yes what, what could be um, but at the time too, so, I mean, we're, we're talking about a post nine 11 world flight traffic goes down and it turns out that, uh, DIA or Denver international airport was subsidizing routes to and from DIA. And that was like, that was in an effort to increase the, the traffic there 
after they just built a huge new airport, which I right. want to say is like it has one of the biggest footprints of an airport purely because of the thinner air, bigger runways, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. And it's just a hub, not only domestically in the U.S., but internationally. Yeah. Just so many flights come out of there and because it's, it's yeah. central to the U.S., but it's also huge. Yeah. And so at the time, it was that airlines that made that trip were guaranteed to make money, which is a huge deal for an airline. But you said in the beginning that Hooters Air flew out of Denver. Yeah. So they they were on that route. They had uh, a route from Illinois to Denver and Illinois to Las Vegas through a it was a more regional airport south of Chicago. So they were like also playing into some smaller airports that don't get as much traffic to say like, Hey, like let's, you know, Gary, Indiana was one of those places. It's like, we're bringing business people to Gary, you know? And so finally, finally, always wanted to go there. <laughs> no hate if you live in Gary. Indiana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where they were among other airlines that were trying to compete for these spots that were these subsidized routes. And, they couldn't handle the fuel increase and they lost out to United who eventually use now uses Denver as their, their hub. Right. Um, so yeah, they, they got out competed and they, they lost to some pretty big airlines today. So it's not like they were bought by another airline. No. They just simply ceased to exist. Exactly. And so they stopped their scheduled flights for, or to to and from Denver at the beginning of 2006, and then by March, operations had ceased. Wow, that is a very very quick. Yeah, it is. It was like it was a turnaround because let's give you know for the the listeners that are like okay, what Katrina, oil, DIA, DIA Bush, Bush, <laughs> like what was the actual timeline of this? whole thing and i can give it to you that is that is what i'm here for i am here to help you help ground this ridiculous narrative so hooters air suspended services on january 9th 2006 and ceased operations april 17th 2006 so i was a bit wrong april 17th 2006. still four months and it was in august of 2005 that Katrina happened. It was like August and then into early September. You know, it's not just a single day event type right. deal. Um, and yeah, so then what's also kind of weird too is that Pace Airlines, the the company that was bought by Hooters, continued general charter flights until September two thousand nine. So then another recession and. They're they're gone. So Pace Airlines, just thinking out loud here, yeah. would have had to completely rebrand the Hooters <laughs> the branding inside. Yeah. To like revert to back back to revert back to whatever they were originally. That's a lot of money. Yeah. This just seems like just such a ridiculous business venture. This is this is like, you know, this gives me early billionaires doing just messing around with their pocketbooks yeah exactly (laughs) i mean the the other thing is that 
they lost $40 million during this. And I did the inflation calculation. That's just over $60 million today. So to ground ourselves in what a $40 million loss was in 2006 and then converted to $60 million in 2023. Let's see how much Hooters is worth. Okay. So the most recent number I could find was in 2022, they had a peak revenue of $1.2 billion. Okay, so this isn't um, a, a multi-million or even hundreds of million dollars worth company. This is a giant corporation. And so a $60 million loss, that's nothing. That is literal pennies. And so when you were talking about how it's kind of giving just billionaires throwing around whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. It, it must have been some little side hustle or like side passion project for someone. They were just having a hoot. They, yeah, they... <laughs> We're trying to expand the Hooters brand to other things besides Right, and I'm sure that they were given a certain budget in which, you know, if they could break even, great. If not, not a huge loss. That's going to be my guess. It seems more experimental. I'm happy that it happened because it's just so juicy to talk about and think about. <laughs> yes. But don't you worry. I think Hooters has recovered and they're doing they're doing better than ever today. Business. Oh. Business is back to usual. Yeah. They they aren't hurting. Just yeah. They they're doing all right. Let's right. just say that. Um yeah, I I think it's also it's strange to look at a business start to end like that or like a a part of a business start to end like that. Because to enter the airline scene, to like just say, oh, I'm going to make an airline, that's, <laughs> that's a big investment. Yeah, it's not something you can just kind of mess around and just buy. It's not a Etsy shop. Yeah, you know? it, it takes a little more dedication than an Etsy shop for sure. Yeah. So I, and then the whole other bit too of like the restaurant industry has a lot of like food safety regulations that they have to comply with. And like a lot of, there are a lot of rules in that landscape. Now you take Hooters to the sky. That's the regulations all... go crazy, especially <laughs> post 9-11. Post 9-11. Like, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was just a nightmare for airlines that were already established. Like yeah. you said, so many went out of business, but to create a new one kind of from scratch, I don't really know what they were thinking. They were trying to, to um, they're buying the dip, I guess. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> oh my gosh, triggered by that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they thought they were onto something. It happened to not end up in their favor, mm -hmm. but I get a hoot out of it. <laughs> anyway, I think that is going to conclude our episode of the history of Hooters Air. Yes, the takeoff and landing of Hooters Air. Oh my gosh. Okay, that is definitely <laughs> our sign to go eat a snack and take a nap. Yep. So I hope everyone out there enjoyed this episode. It was definitely kind of a more lighthearted, silly one. Let us know if you like this style of episode. It's definitely easier to talk about, right? We're not dealing with such heavy topics. Um also, it's just it's a weird way of looking at history. Sure. And, and learning about <laughs> stuff's always been a little weird. 
stuff's always been a little silly. And next week we will have a, I think, kind of a heavier episode. So this is just a great little palate cleanser for your week. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And make sure to follow us on our socials. Let us know what you thought about this episode. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube at Can I Tell You Something Podcast, something spelled S-M-T-H. Thank you for flying with us and choosing our podcast of all of the podcasts out there to listen to. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.